Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 69 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we complete our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials found in Doctrine and Covenants sections 20 to 22, covering March the 1st to March the 7th. Today we will fin- we'll finish off uh, section 21 and look at the very brief section 22. Um, so if you remember yesterday, we started looking in chapter 20 or section 21, and it was talking about the prophet Joseph, Joseph Smith and how he was the Lord's mouthpiece and how uh, he was called as the prophet to speak to the people in, on behalf of the Saviour. Um, in verse 5 of section 21, it says, For his word he, ye shall receive, as if from mine own mouth, in all patience and faith. Elder Neil L. Anderson said this about President Nelson today, quote, We embrace President Nelson as we would have if, as embraced Peter or Moses if we had lived in their day. God told Moses, I'll be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. We listen to the Lord's prophet with the faith that his words are from the Lord's own mouth. Is this blind faith? No, it is not. We each have a spiritual witness of the truthfulness of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By our own will and choice, we raised our hand this morning declaring our desire to sustain the Lord's prophets with our confidence, faith and prayers. We have the privilege as Latter-day Saints to receive a personal witness that President Nelson's call is of God. While my wife Kathy has known President Nelson personally for three decades and has no question about his divine mantle upon his setting apart, she began reading all his general conference talks for the past 34 years, praying for an even deeper assurance of his prophetic role. I promise you that this greater witness will come to you as you humbly and worthily seek it. Close quote. It is so important that we, for ourselves, receive a witness um, of the prophet. Um, And whoever that prophet is, at whatever time it is, uh, we need to seek that spiritual divine um, witness so that we can firmly say that we know that this individual has been called as a prophet. It is no good to simply just accept their word on blind faith. but We need to receive a witness that they are the prophet. Once Once we have felt of that witness then we can move forward with the assurance that they are speaking on behalf of the Lord. But we are given the opportunity to to find out for ourselves, which I think is a wonderful gift, really, for for us as members of the church. That covers, really, I think, the uh, the main portion of uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 21. Of course, more things were said, but of course, that this is... You know the 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 basic outline that the that Joseph Smith was called as a prophet, and those that were in attendance of the formation and organization of this church sustained him as as the prophet, as the first elder um, of the church, um, and the one that was called to to lead and guide it under the direction of the Savior. Finally, moving to Doctrine and Covenants section twenty two, um, there's some interesting background on this. It was given. Shortly after the uh, the restoration of the church, and of course, as more and more people found out about the church and started to join, there was a question that arose. In uh, the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, it says this, quote, When John Whitmer copied the Revelation into Revelation Book 1, he likely wrote the heading found there. A revelation given to Joseph the seer. Some were anxious to join the church without rebaptism, and Joseph inquired about of the Lord, and he received as follows. 
Although perhaps several passages in the Book of Mormon emphasized the necessary of the necess necessity of baptism by proper authority, no revelation prior to sixteenth of April eighteen thirty explicitly addressed the question of rebaptism for those who have been baptized in other faiths. Close quote. So we know that um, this section deals with the question of rebaptism. Obviously, this was a, a time of great religious excitement in, in the, the, the area that Joseph was living and where this church was organized. And so many of the people who wanted to join the, the restored church had been baptized previously. And it is still a question that we get asked, um, you know, today as missionaries um, and people teach people, it is often a question that is brought up. Uh, and so understandably, people have this 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 question, not because perhaps they um, don't want to um, be rebaptized, but just they want to do the right thing. And I think that that just shows that people are, you know, honest seekers of truth and they want to do the right thing by the Lord, which is very commendable. Dipping into the text itself uh, in Doctrine and Covenants section 22, uh, it says this in verse 1. Behold, I say unto you that all covenants have I caused to be done away in this thing, and this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. And then in verse 2, Wherefore, although a man should be baptized, an hundred times it availeth him nothing, for you cannot enter in the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by your dead works. For it is because of your dead works I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up, to be built up unto me, even as in days of old. Um actually i went on to verse three there and just because i thought it was a really interesting statements that was being said there um and again you know this is clearly from the lord he he alone has the authority to speak about such sacred matters um and so we can be assured that this is the lord's will with this and when you think about it it makes perfect sense when you understand the principles of priesthood authority and how this authority has to be held it has to be authorized and it has to be commissioned um and and passed down through priesthood lines which is why all those that hold the priesthood authority to do things such as baptism have lines of authority and it has to follow that order delbert l stapley uh, said this quote the ordinance of baptism into the kingdom of god is a binding covenant upon all who receive that ordinance Early in the history of the church, in consequence of some who had previously been baptized into other churches and desired to unite with the restored church without yielding to another baptism because they considered their baptism efficacious, the Lord made, gave a revelation which made clear and unmistakable the course which they should follow. Close quote. I completely agree with this, that this is very clear language. Uh, I was uh, teaching uh, um, on my mission um, an, Anglican, an Anglican monk uh, which was a really interesting experience. And no, before you ask where I served, it wasn't some far off, you know, place. It was actually just in the England Leeds mission, so not very far from me. But we actually found this this little this little monastery, as it were, or or this person who who lived in this little monastery. Um, and he was one of the loveliest people. He was absolutely wonderful. And we managed to teach, you know, a good few lessons with him about the restoration of the gospel, about the plan of salvation, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And interestingly, it wasn't the restoration of the church in terms of, you know, the prophet Joseph Smith, the, the Lord restoring his church. That was the main sticking point with him. It wasn't um, our view on the plan of salvation and our view on the kingdoms of glory and the pre-earth life and things like that. That was the sticking point. 
Um, it wasn't the Book of Mormon. That was a sticking point. He was reading that and, and really seeing Christ in it, which was a marvelous experience. But it was when we taught the gospel of Jesus Christ and about baptism that was the sticking point, and which eventually, eventually led him to say, I can't continue with this any further at this stage, because it was required that would he to, you know, continue along this, this path of learning about the church, he would have to be rebaptized. And he actually said, you know, and it was quite heartbreaking, really, but also respectable from this individual that he couldn't really go on learning about it because he saw good things in it. And he knew that if he found this and felt this confirmed him to be true, then he would have to be rebaptized, which would mean a complete change of life for him. A complete, he'd lose his livelihood. Um, and of course, we hear of stories of people who do give up their entire livelihood to join the church. And what well, I'm not saying that this man that I, that I taught is any less than them, because, I mean, goodness me, it would be such a, a difficult thing to do. Um, but it just shows that this was actually an important um, point that had to be addressed um, with this revelation. And actually, um, we found that you, if you look in the history of it, of this church, there was some issues when, once this revelation was given. It says in the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, quote, despite the clarity this revelation may have provided church members, the requirements of rebaptism became a point of contention for many outside the church. Opponents criticized followers of Joseph Smith for teaching that their book contained a new covenant to come under which the disciple must be reimmersed. And when Thomas Campbell, father of Disciples of Christ founder Alexander Campbell, set forth his objections to Joseph Smith's teachings, he argued that rebaptizing believers is making void the ordinance of Christ. Close quote. I'll never forget when um, this this wonderful friend um, asked us plain and simple the question. So are you saying then that the baptism that I have had is is not authorised or it doesn't count? And I don't know what came over me. I don't know what, you know, what can, made me say it, but I was very blunt with that. I said, yes, that is what this doctrine teaches. I then, of course, went into explaining, you know, that the viewpoint behind this, and we had taught very clearly the, the reason for priesthood authority and things like that. Um, but it it is... Um, it is probably a bigger thing which we um, than we think that that we teach this. However, and I, I completely agree with it. You know, with priest authority, we need to have that order and that auth- authorization to perform that baptism. That is why the Savior travelled to John the Baptist. So, this is a very good section uh, to be aware of. I think uh, Doctrine and Covenant section two about the need for this priest authority and for rebaptism. Uh, if a, a person enters into the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for listening this week. Uh, we managed to get through everything, I think, which is incredible. Uh, and so thank you for joining us on that. Please continue to follow the podcast, continue to support in all the usual areas. And until we meet again. <laughs>